Thank you for listening today to Applaudable Perspective. I'm talking to a wonderful new friend from Arizona, living in Arizona. Now she's a retired police officer. Her name is Satara. And we've met on a Gate One trip in the Amazon jungle. We're actually broadcasting live from the Amazon right outside our, uh, well, it's an ecotourism site, is the Amazon River. And we're going to be tubing later on the Amazon. We went on a jungle walk today. So, Sitara, thank you for being my guest. We just had lunch together, and I said, hey, you want to be my guest? And she said, sure, why not? So, talk to me a little bit. You're from the Midwest originally? Yes, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Moved from Detroit to Lansing, Michigan. That was around 1990, and then moved from Lansing, Michigan to Illinois. Mm -hmm. In 19, I actually moved there in 1997. I started work for... Illinois Department of Corrections in 1996. But you got in, in, interested in law enforcement and kind of got inspired when you were just a teenager, a young girl, right? right? So I was, so the, the, back, the backdrop to that, I, you know how you're, you're a kid and you go to the store with your friends. Mm -hmm. So I went to the store with my friends and one of my friends decided that they would shoplift. Oh no. Right? So I got caught up in that and then when we were taken to the police department, of course our parents had to come and get us, but they had the community policing and there was a sergeant that yes. was over the PAL program. So he, it was a male and a female officer, came in and, and talked to us. Mm -hmm. And from there, I joined, I actually joined the PAL program. I played basketball for PAL. Okay. And I ran track for PAL. So that was my introduction into law enforcement. My initial career choice was to be an English teacher until I got to high school. Wow. And saw how the students treated teachers. And oh. at the time, my mentality, my temperament was, I was like, I didn't slap one of these children, so. Oh. <laughs> Law enforcement has been, has been good to me. Like, like I stated earlier, I've retired. I retired uh -huh. after 25 years with the wow. state of Illinois. Had I stayed with the county mm -hmm. in Michigan, I could have retired in 2004. <laughs> now, how did you avoid being burned out? We were talking about how, how you can see beyond a person's crime. How were you able to do that and see the humanity in people? So, I was always raised that you treat people the way that you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. and so, we're all individually one wrong decision away from being locked up. Mm -hmm. So, if I, if I treat someone the way I want to be treated, if I was unfortunate to be locked up, or if I had a loved one locked up, being firm, fair, and consistent, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, they're still human beings. Mm -hmm. and you treat them as such. I don't take my... Uh, private life to work and mm -hmm. I don't take my work life home sure and then the way you stay from being burnt out is that you have to have an outlet you have to have an outlet so mm -hmm. my outlet initially was martial arts or playing oh, basketball okay. okay and so my current outlet is I, I play tennis so okay I travel all over playing tennis you just play you have, competed, you have have, competitively? Yes, I actually have played in the Police and Fire Olympics, which is done every two years. Wow. It's just like the regular Olympics, except for it's every two years. Mm -hmm. So I've had the opportunity to go to, last year I was in the Netherlands. Wow. For the Police and Fire Olympics, and I brought home <clears> a <throat> silver medal. So you play doubles? I play doubles and I play singles. Wow, wow. No wonder you're in such great shape. <laughs> so, Sitar, we were talking about how have things exacerbated to the point where there is so much uh, violence and the prisons are so full and, and, and you travel as do I. 
it seems to be a uniquely American problem. We have so many incarcerated people. Why do you think that is, and, and how do you think it could be improved? I think one of the situations where people are incarcerated in bundles is that depending upon where you reside, the criminal justice system is not fair across the board. Mm. I'm going to utilize Illinois. Mm -hmm. So I, you can be an African-American individual, mm -hmm. first-time crime, just say we're going to use drugs even though they've changed the laws for drugs. First-time crime for drugs. So you have an African-American first offense that lives in Cook County. Mm -hmm. You have an Asian-American first offense. They're all going to be the same age. We'll just say 21. First offense, and they live in one of the south suburbs. Mm -hmm. Then you have a European-American, mm -hmm. same age, same offense, and they live up north, right? Who do you think is going to get the, the highest? African-American. Correct. It would be the African-American. Racial profiling. Pro African-American, Hispanic, and then the European-American. Mm -hmm. And that has to change, mm -hmm. right? You can't, if it's the same crime, they're the be same fair. age, and it's their first offense. Everyone should get the same thing across the mm -hmm, board. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's part of the problem. And then uh, oftentimes you have individuals that were not, for lack of better words, raised properly. Mm -hmm. they, they, they don't have a lot of structure. Mm -hmm. So because they didn't have a lot of structure and someone to guide them the right way, they chose the wrong way to go. Mm -hmm. So that's how they get caught up, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that everyone has the potential of doing something great in life, mm -hmm. regardless if you've been locked up once, twice, three times. And it's never too late. It is never too late. I, I actually know individuals that have lived a life of crime, did their time, and got out and actually go back into the system mm. to try to reach individuals that are there mm -hmm. that have to an opportunity them. to get out. Mm -hmm. yes. So I mean, it, it can be done. Mm -hmm. It's easy, but you have to have the will to want to do it mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Now, do you, you're retired now. You've built a house. Uh, do you miss it at all? Do you miss the grind? Do you miss the excitement? It's got to be exciting, too. A lot no, of adrenaline. I don't, I, don't, I don't miss it. Actually, I just went back to work in February. Mm -hmm. I went back to work because my reason for going back is like, okay, I, I had this home built, and within five years, I can knock the mortgage down if I go back to work three to five years. So that's sure. what I've chose to, chosen to do. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been in the public sector. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm in the private sector. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you it's like night and day, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. But I start. I started back in at the ground roots. I started back in as an officer. Knew that wouldn't last very long, uh, especially with my background mm -hmm. and my knowledge. I went from an officer to a case manager. Mm -hmm. And then from a case manager, I am now a field training manager so I work for corporate now and I have the opportunity of imparting knowledge to cadets that are starting their careers mm -hmm. in law enforcement they always start in the ground the ground roots of, of correction officers so that's what I do. Do you currently. enjoy teaching? I do, mm -hmm. I do mm -hmm. because if I can shape some of them now show them I believe in you teach you guide, and then you follow up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everything, a lot of, you have a lot of supervisors that, that all they want to do is write someone up, mm. suspend people, 
but you have to teach God to follow up. Mm -hmm. Everything does not negate a write-up. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you, people can't do better until they know better. Do you think people time. get a little drunk with power sometimes? They get that Absolutely. badge and, they, and then it's like, my way or the highway? Or, Absolutely. That, mm -hmm. But that's not just in law enforcement. That's in any, any. Sure. area sure, sure. that you work. So um, I love police dramas. I, I watch Law & Order, reruns, that kind of thing. Are, are there any accurate police dramas? Do you even watch that? Would you rather just watch Andy Griffith or something on TV? I, uh, so occasionally, Is any of it accurate at all? Not, no. A mm. lot of it, no. Some of, some of it is factual, but most of it, no. Mm -hmm. Because, so if you watch, I enjoy watching CSI Miami. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so some, some of the things that they do in CS, CSI Miami, mm -hmm. it, it, it has kind of, sort of, but for the most part, no, it, that's all fictional. Fictional, sure, sure. I mean, sometimes it's like these are based on stories, or, but not real. Like, yeah. yeah so. um, what, what is some of the best advice you've ever received that you would like to impart to anyone who's listening? So the best advice I received was from my aunt. Mm -hmm. Do unto others that you would have others do unto you. Mm -hmm. And so if I was telling anyone that's getting ready to start their career in law enforcement or corrections, this is what I tell my cadets all the time, especially for corrections. You want to remain firm, fair, and consistent. Mm -hmm. And you want to learn the word no. No is your best friend. Boundaries. Correct. Have boundaries. So it is easy if you're working inside of a system, jail, prison, it is easier to tell an inmate no and come back and change that no to a yes as mm -hmm. opposed to telling an inmate, yes, you can do this and Permissive. then find out and then try to that you're wrong mm -hmm. and then you have to, you know, and then do not be afraid. I tell people as a good leader, you should be able to make a wrong a right. So for instance, if I had an inmate, if I'm working on the inside, and I had an inmate and I told him, know that he couldn't, he couldn't go out to the yard, right? Because it was my understanding that it wasn't their yard time. I go back in and I find out later on that it was their yard time. So me, at being the person I am, I would go to that individual and say, you know what, I found out I did do some uh, investigation. I found out you were absolutely correct. I apologize for not allowing you to go out this time, mm -hmm. but tomorrow I'll make sure that you're out Longer. and you're wrecked time. Nope, oh, you're wrecked time. time. Okay, wrecked right? time. So, so you don't give them anything extra. You just, but you do apologize. Right. You acknowledge a, a mistake. Correct. Same thing with, uh, with, with staff. I've had, uh, when I was working at the facility before I went into working for corporate, I had shift office calling scream and holler at my my officers because the count was off so i come out of the office and i go and i assist the officers with the count we come up with the same count mm -hmm. so i'm telling the shift commander we don't do paper counts okay we did the count correctly so i told the officer i said take them all the paperwork we had individuals out on the visit and in medical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Come to find out, the individual was in medical. Mm -hmm. Now, as a supervisor, what I would have done, if I had a call and screamed and hollered at subordinates, when I found out that I was incorrect and they were correct by telling us, okay, this is where they were, they should have apologized, mm -hmm. and they never did. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, at, at, if you want to scream and holler, scream and holler at me, I'm the supervisor. Mm -hmm. 
not my staff. Mm -hmm. And so being able to recognize your wrong goes a long way. It keeps morale up mm -hmm. as opposed to being down. Mm -hmm. And it shows your staff that you actually care. Not showing you know. that anyone's beneath you. Right. Because mm -hmm. we all we are all we all are human and we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anything else you'd like to add that I haven't asked you? No. For and the most part I'm a kind of quiet laid back person. I don't know. You were rocking it, and we were having fun in the jungle today, doing that walk, and oh. <laughs> learning, <laughs> learning about all the different uh, indigenous flora and fauna. Um, give me your full name, so when we tag this, Satara is to give me the spelling. Satara. That's S Y T E R A. Middle name is Lynn L Y N N, and last name is Sanders S A N D E R S. And you've been listening to Sitara, my guest on Applaudable Perspectives. We are poolside. You're hearing a little bit of ambient noise uh, right in the middle of the jungle. And we're outside of Quito. And uh, we've been driving through the Andes yesterday. And it's tomorrow we're seeing indigenous people, which will be really interesting. But the food's been great and interesting and very interesting people on this trip. Absolutely. So, thank you for saying yes. And I thank wish you, you for even uh, taking the opportunity to... Uh, invite me to interview. So well, I and it. I wish you much luck in your retirement and enjoy your new home. Thank you. It's <laughs> been a pleasure. Amen. Thank you.